0: Why is it that some Christians want to believe science as opposed to the Bible?
1: People don't want to feel like they're left out. And so there's this attempt to mix science and a secular interpretation of science into the Bible. But the Bible doesn't
0: allow us to do that.
1: If science is properly interpreted, then the biblical account makes sense. The Bible should come first and we should interpret the science based on the biblical account. We're out there saying to people that you can trust the Bible and because you can trust the Bible, you can trust the, the gospel message that yes. the, the, the Bible has. Trust it. the God of the Bible. Trust the God yeah. of the Bible.
0: Welcome to 24/6 with Mark James from Creation Ministries International. We call it 24/6 because the Bible clearly says that God created the world in 24 hour, in six literal 24 hour days. I'll get myself around the wrong way. Um, last time I, I made a mistake saying that this uh, that Jonathan Sarfati has a new book out. It's not a new book; it's new within the Bible. Um, but he goes through from Genesis one to Genesis 11, right through that whole creation to the flood. Yes. It's called
1: The Genesis Account, and it is a, a magnificent book. Uh, it's um, something that uh, I think Jonathan, it's its his, um, the, the pinnacle. His magnum opus? Uh, his magnum opus. And um, it's uh, available from Creation Ministries. Uh, we've also turned it into a um, a DVD teaching series called the Genesis Academy, which is twelve DVD sessions, uh, which is great for small groups in particular because it takes um, takes you through each of the stages of of Genesis one to le- yeah. one to eleven um, in a in a way that um, it's easy to understand. And we've also got downloadable. Um, uh, teaching aids that go with it so that you can actually turn it into a, a proper Excellent. teaching series.
0: I think since you guys have had Jonathan writing um, multiple articles for Creation Magazine, he's such a smart guy. And I think in the early days, and I guess, Jonathan, if you're watching, I apologize, um, but he was he was even too scientific and technical for me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going, you're losing me. But now that he's been writing all these articles for Creation Magazine, he's able to write in a way that the rest of us can understand because his mind just goes so fast. Oh, yes. Um, And so so his writing really has come on well. Yes, good man. Uh, We were going to talk about how the the gospel hinges on Adam being a real Adam. It hinges on him being the first human being and a
1: death coming after he sinned. I think it's Paul uh, in Corinthians talks about um, for as in uh, Adam um, all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So in effect, he's, he's linking the gospel back into Genesis. Uh, and without a, um, a proper interpretation of Genesis, the gospel just doesn't make sense. Now, oh, I need to say here, I'm not saying that if you, um, uh, how you interpret Genesis is a salvation issue. It's not a salvation issue. We are saved by grace through faith. But how we uh, interpret Genesis, it's an authority issue. Where do we get our authority from? Um, so, and that, that's that's the crux of the matter. And this is
0: one of the things, one of the arguments thrown at creationists is like, well, if I don't believe in six-day literal creation, are you saying I'm not a Christian? Well, no, we're not. No, we're not. Um, but there are many things that, you know, salvation is a simple issue. I recognise that I'm a sinner. There's nothing I can do to to get rid of my sin and my sin has separated me from God because he's a perfect holy God. Yep. The only thing that can make the difference is that Christ died in my place. Yes. Yeah. But when you do look at it.
1: I, and, and the thing is when I first came back to, to faith, I, I lived for about 20 years as an atheist, came back to faith, I was prayed for by uh, by my wife and, and, um, and, and her friends. Came back to faith, but I still tried to fit evolution and millions of years in, into the Bible, and, and it wasn't until I was challenged on that, um, and particularly um, the question that that really struck me was, well, why is so much, why is there so much death and suffering in this world? Yeah, uh, and um, that cannot be explained if you're fitting evolution and millions of years into the Bible, because el- evolution is death, and, death and suffering. If human beings came about by a process of evolution, then effectively. God is the author of, of death, death and, and suffering, suffering yeah. and that is not the God of the Bible. No, so how, did you, how long did it take you for you to resolve that within yourself? <sighs> it took a wee while. I, it actually, um, I, if I can tell a little story, um, my son, uh, who was about nine at the time, came to find me uh, with uh, the next-door neighbor's boy by his side and he was looking for answers. And he'd been, t- he my, my nine-year-old evangelist son had been talking to the next door neighbor and the boy uh, about Jesus. And the mother had said, oh, I don't believe in God because there's too many bad things happen in this world. And my son came to me to say, okay, dad, can you explain this? And being uh, an evolutionist, it just, I couldn't. You couldn't. I didn't have an answer. And so I, I, I realized that I believed in Jesus, but I didn't believe what Jesus himself taught. Uh, and, and wherever Jesus uh, mentions Genesis or quotes Genesis, uh, he always quotes it as real history. Yeah. So I realised I had some work to do. Uh, Even when he talks about, uh, about marriage. Yes. You know, it, uh, in the beginning, he created them male and female. And in fact, he says, have you not read? In other words, he's saying... Pointing you, have, pointing to Genesis yeah, chapter absolutely. one. absolutely. Have you not read that in the beginning he created the male and female? Jesus also talks about the blood of the prophets shed since the foundation yep. of, of the world. So he's effectively referring to um, Abel, Abel yep. as a real person who was there at the beginning of creation. Uh, he, he refers, Jesus refers to the flood of Noah as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of yep. man. He's referring to the flood as an actual event in history. So we have a problem if
0: if we don't see Genesis as Genesis, and we're talking Genesis 1 to 10, the creation uh, up to the flood. Uh, if we don't see that as, um, as actual history, then we have a problem with Jesus because
1: he was either confused or deceived. Yes, uh, and uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus uh, was or is the creator. Yeah. So we're effectively saying that the creator got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, that's that's a that's yeah, a big. You don't hurtful. want to go there. You don't want to go no, there at all. all. The
0: apostles also, when they wrote, they just they assumed it as history, not as allegorical.
1: Yes, they did. Whenever they, any Old Testament or New Testament um, author, when they um, quote Genesis or talk about Genesis, they quote it as literal history not as allegory um it is uh and and again these these uh, we, we talked earlier about um, the internal consistency of the bible uh and for the Bible to be consistent, if uh, if these people are talking about Genesis as history, we then have to make the the um, connection that it is history. Yeah. I mean, if the Holy Spirit inspired these people to write and talk about Genesis as history, um, surely we have to believe that the Holy Spirit yeah. got it right.
0: Um, I, I talked, I think, in our in our first session about this uh, professor of Hebrew from from Scotland, I think from Glasgow University or somewhere like that, um, and, and saying that Genesis one is some of the most simple. It's janitor in John language as far as the Hebrew language is concerned. And I've said to so many people, you know, if God did it a different way, if He, if God is God, the creator of all things and the creator of language, he could have told us in just as simple language, yep. actually, Rob,
1: I did it with evolution.
0: But yep. he didn't say that. He said, I did this and I want
1: you to believe and trust me. And that's how theologians and the church interpret it uh, interpreted Genesis until around about 200 years ago when all of a sudden science was trying to tell us that yeah. the Bible actually couldn't be interpreted that way.
0: And we have to remember that agenda as well. Um, and again, not not putting Darwin down intellectually a- at all, but his agenda was to disprove the need of God. Yes. He, he wasn't setting out to prove evolution. He was setting out to disprove the existence of God. In fact,
1: one of the earlier um, uh, proponents of uh, Deep Time, a guy by the name of Lyle, uh, in one of his letters said that his intention was to free the, the um, science from Moses. Yeah. So effectively, he was saying we've got to separate science from the Bible.
0: However, if you read Moses correctly, yes. you, you are freed in your science. I mean, and again, one of the things we teach with with Know My Faith is the historical, cultural context of the Scriptures. Um, somebody there was one of those questions out, you know, we we talk about genocide. what what man killed a quarter of all mankind? right? You go, oh, it was Cain, he killed Abel, and there was yep. only four of them on the earth. You go, well, wh- why do you think there was only four of them on the earth? Yeah, because if you actually look at it, um from memory, Adam was one hundred and twenty when Seth was born. Yes, so what you've got, you've got physically perfect, male, physically perfect female in Adam and Eve, right? We know what happens with physically perfect males and physically perfect females, very fertile they are as well. Yes. We know that when Adam was X years old, Cain was born and Abel was born. And then when Adam's 120 years old, Seth is born as the replacement, Eve says, For for Abel. So we've got 120 years of procreation going on. Yes. Right, where did Cain get his wife? Well, there's a flipping lot of women around
1: at that point. Yes, yeah, and and the thing is that the Bible talks; it tells us about the people that are important about progressing yes. the narrative yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Cain and Abel are important to the to the. The, the biblical narrative. We don't hear about all these other um, offspring of, of Adam, and, um, Adam and Eve. We don't need to because they're, they're not part of the, uh, the the narrative that matters. Yeah. Now, again, we're making assumptions, but they are um, reasonable assumptions. But one of the, the questions that we get a lot is: um, so, so, where did Cain get his wife? Because we have this, um, everybody knows, Adam and Eve were the first, according to the Bible, yeah. they were the first couple. Uh, and um, and they had Cain. Uh, and um, so where did Cain get his wife from? And we look at it from our human perspective now. And um, we know now that marriage um, of close relatives uh, shouldn't happen because it causes genetic problems. Yeah. But back at the beginning, same, Adam and same Eve... Same as
0: we talked about with the dogs in the last yes, session.
1: Yes, yeah. yep. Yeah. Uh, but back at the beginning, Adam and Eve were genetically perfect. So any issue with Cain marrying either um, his sister or maybe a uh, niece... But but genetically, it's not an issue. No. Okay. And and we tend to judge things in the past by the, the 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 our understanding today. And people say, Oh no no, you can't have a brother and sister marrying. That would have been incest. Well, why is incest a problem? It's a problem because genetically, closely related people are more likely to pass on genetic problems yes. if they if they um, have have offspring. Yeah. Uh, but which the, which God knew. Yes, but the fascinating thing is that Moses, uh, after the flood, uh, that is when the Bible actually says that close relatives shouldn't marry, because we are far enough away from creation that there are more mutations, that these mutations are starting to cause more and more of a problem. So again, the Bible gets it right. And we've got to remember that Abraham married
0: his half-sister. Yes, the answers are always there in the scripture if we allow the scripture to talk to us yes. as opposed to trying to say, well, I'm trying to prove a secular argument. I'm, I'm looking in the scriptures to pro- try and prove that
1: evolution is right. Yes, and, and the people that, that are doing it often don't really realise that, that what they're trying to do is fit in a, a, a whole belief system that does away with God. They're trying to fit that into the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and um, when when you point that out to them, they, they sometimes become very defensive. Yeah. No, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. But when you look at what they're doing, that's effectively what what is happening.
0: And we need to, we need to be honest with ourselves and say, yes, I, in, in the back of my mind, I'm believing the universe is thirty billion years old and the Earth was ten billion. I don't. It keeps going up. Yeah. You know, when when well, I I think in, it's
1: thirteen point eight for the for universe. Thirteen point
0: eight. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, actually, I am looking at the scriptures based on what I believe here. Yes. Which is, which is the secular scientist's way of looking at it, but yes. it's not the Christian
1: way of looking and at it. And what it does is it puts science above the Bible. Yeah. Um, whereas science should be subservient to the Bible. Uh, the Bible should come first, and we should interpret the science yep. based on the biblical account. And th- this is what I love about again
0: the Creation magazine, the books, and the DVDs that you, that we can get from you is is you just look at them and you just go, it just it just glorifies God. Yep. in absolutely everything.
1: You cannot read Creation magazine without having a big smile on your face. <laughs> That's what I like to tell people because it just uh, it just supports um, this this understanding that that our faith yep. has got a foundation.
0: I love God's humor. The platypus. Oh yes. Right. So, I mean, scientifically, it doesn't work. But scientists go, "Oh, this, this, this," and go, "God, God, so, Have you seen a platypus?
1: Yeah.
0: Why you? Yes. <laughs> Why did you do that? Uh, um, <clears throat> but our God is a wonderful Creator God. He He created us to have that relationship, that awesome, intimate relationship with us. Everything that He did is to show us His glory. Yes. And His creation, not His evolution all fits into that. Um, we want to look at this next time with our final session. We want to specifically look at the gospel and creation. Uh, we've hinted on that and talked on that um, through the series, but we want to especially look at that in the next session so that you understand the just the depth of God's uh, intricacy. Would that be the word? It's probably not the right word, but we'll, we'll find out next time.